everyone and welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Taylor Rockwell and on this episode we're going to be taking a deeper look at the She Believes Cup. What is it? Why is it important? And how did it come to be? For those listening to this on the date of release, which would be Thursday, February 18th, the 2021 She Believes Cup kicks off today. But given that She Believes tends to be an annual competition, I'm thinking people will be Googling this question in the future. Let's hope. So here's your explanation. The basic idea of the She Believes Cup is that it's an invitational women's soccer tournament held in the United States, usually in late February or early March. The inaugural tournament was held in 2016 and has continued ever since. The USA's most recent appearance in 2020 was their final appearance before the sports world shut down due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Past champions are the United States, France, the United States, England, the United States, and at time of recording, TBD. TBD, a very good team, lots of potential, but not a lot known about them. But why did this tournament suddenly come to be, and what came before it? The answer doesn't feature much drama or a gripping page-turning narrative. What it does reflect is the tremendous growth of women's soccer in the last decade. Because for more than 20 years between 1994 and 2015, the USA competed in the Algarve Cup, a Portugal-based tournament that was long held to be one of the most historical and competitive women's international competitions in the world. Also, Algarve is a very hard word to say, it turns out. I just learned that now. The United States struggled early in their All-Golf Cup tenure, Whew, still hard to say, but eventually won the tournament for the first time in 2000 and then proceeded to win 10 of the next 15 iterations. That's not a bad result. This includes the USA's final appearance at the event when they defeated France 2-0 in the championship game and then continued their good run of form in their victorious 2015 World Cup campaign. Over that 20-year time period, the Algarve Cup afforded the opportunity for many players to earn their national team debuts, for teams to compete against other international sides in a competitive environment, and for developing women's programs to get additional expertise and insight from their more established counterparts. There were, however, some negatives to the competition, something that the United States moved to address after their final appearance in 2015. As I said earlier, that 2015 championship then led to the 2015 World Cup. But prior to the start of the 2015 World Cup, the United States was already taking part in the She Believes Initiative, which the U.S. soccer website will tell you was, quote, conceived and developed by the U.S. women's national team players. Uh, she Believes is a movement to inspire young girls and encourage them to accomplish all their goals and dreams, athletic or otherwise, end quote. After the 2015 World Cup, the U.S. realized it had a bit of a goldmine on its hands. The team was at an all-time high in terms of popularity, in terms of marketability, and the realization that people might actually enjoy watching this team play, more meaningful games loomed large. In the fall of that year, U.S. soccer began quietly contacting other dominant women's soccer nations, and by December, reporting was already suggesting the creation of a new tournament. In January of 2016, the U.S. Soccer Federation announced that the inaugural She Believes Cup would be taking place that year in various U.S. cities and would feature the likes of France, then ranked second in the world, Germany, then ranked third, and England, then ranked fifth. So very stiff opposition in that first She Believes Cup, but stiff opposition that itself had connections to the Algarve Cup. Uh, it should be noted that the United States beat France 2-0 in the 2015 Cup Final, and that Germany had won the competition in 2014. So the question then becomes how perennial contenders, as well as the rising giant that was England, get lured away from one of women's soccer's most respected competitions. The answer, as usual, is money 
and scheduling confusion, but mostly money, but this time sort of in a non-cynical way, and that's what we're going for. We're going to talk more about what happened and how the She Believes Cup came to be in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. This episode of Soccer 101 is brought to you by Stereo, not the thing that plays your music. It's brought to you by the Stereo app, which features thousands of live social conversations with a wide range of genres for every interest, including news, comedy, sports, and more. You can choose whether to be a co-host or participate as a guest or simply listen in on exclusive conversations. Joe and I will be doing another live stereo show tonight, Thursday, February 18th. Uh, we will continue to be doing them every Thursday. I think the times may get pushed back a little bit, but tonight it's going to be 6 p.m. Because the U.S. kicks off their She Believes campaign against Canada at 7 p.m., we didn't feel like overlapping with that one. So you can hear myself and Joe talk about the She Believes Cup, talk about the Champions League from this past week, as well as answer some listener questions and put some questions out to you all. Once again, just download the Stereo app. You can find a link to today's broadcast in the show notes, but we really do have a lot of fun with it. It's great for the interaction, for the back and forth, and really, as we talk about with the listener question shows, people ask fascinating questions that make us think differently about things, and that is only a good thing because it broadens the perspective and gives us new approaches to talking about soccer. I really, really enjoy it, and I hope you will too. So once again, join us every Thursday over on the Stereo app. Download the Stereo app and follow us at Stereo.com slash RockwellTSS if you want to see when those shows are going to be. But for now, thank you very much to Stereo for sponsoring this episode of Soccer 101. Thank you to ExpressVPN for sponsoring today's episode of 101. They would like to remind you, as would I, that it's not fair that Netflix hides thousands of shows and movies from you based on your location, then has the nerve to increase their prices on you. That's right, they've just increased their prices again. And you could just cancel your subscription in protest, or you could be smart about it and make sure you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN. Because what is available on Netflix in your country might be different in another country. So if you're in the United States and you know what you have access to, maybe that VPN directs you to the UK servers where then you can get the UK Netflix and maybe there are still some things there that would not be elsewhere. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time you run out of stuff to watch, you can just switch to another country to unlock new shows. Or if you're like me and you're watching a movie, say, Wind River, which you forget you were watching and then when you go back to try to find it, realize it has been pulled from Netflix. It has been pulled from American Netflix, but not, say, Dutch Netflix. You can uh, use VPN to get that Dutch IP address to then finish the movie that you started uh, on American Netflix with another country's Netflix. So, be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash soccer. Don't forget, use our link so you can get an extra three months free. That's EXPRESSVPN.com slash soccer. ExpressVPN.com slash soccer to learn more and get those three months free. Thank you very much to ExpressVPN for sponsoring today's episode. Now back to some She Believes conversation. Let's get back to talking about that inaugural She Believes Cup, but first, let's do so by looking at the USA's 2016 schedule. Qualifying for the 2016 Olympics was scheduled to take place from February 10th to the 21st, and the NWSL preseason was set to begin in early March. The European calendar wasn't any less congested. Qualifying for the final European Olympic berth was due to take place from March 2nd to March 9th, which would have put it in conflict with the Argolf Cup. Uh, thus, the teams that were competing for that final spot, the Netherlands, Norway, 
Sweden, and Switzerland all skipped the tournament in Portugal. The United States, seeing that some of those teams were dropping out, recognizing that it wouldn't have the strongest of opposition, followed suit. Or at least that's the prevailing narrative. More likely, in my mind, is that the United States had long identified that March window as the ideal opportunity to get more games in the United States, to get more money, to get more eyes on the sport. Because, again, we're talking about a team that are at their all-time high in popularity. At least they were then. They may have exceeded that now. But that new tournament, the She Believes Cup, would afford competitors the opportunity to play meaningful competitive games against top-tier opposition in front of fans and TV cameras. Those latter two things are big factors here. The All-Girl Cup is more of an international camp than it is a prestigious international tournament. Games are seldom broadcast, and when they are, require visits to the sort of streaming sites that leave you with malware at best. As Jeff Kasuf wrote back in 2016, quote, Last year, Fox Sports actually had to last-minute cancel the broadcast broadcast of the U.S.'s unflattering scoreless draw with Iceland due to insufficient lighting at the venue for the game. In a world of TV everywhere, live streams, and digital technology, the Algarve and Cyprus Cups remain largely inaccessible anomalies, end quote. Actual supporters in the stands also wasn't really a thing either. Official attendance figures aren't easy to find, though several sources note that a whopping 45 people showed up to watch France beat Denmark 4-1 to in 2016, a slightly more respectable 813 fans showed up for the third place game between Giants, Germany, and Sweden in 2015. And those figures continue on into more recent history. In the 2019 Algarve Cup final, Norway defeated Poland 3-0 in the Bela Vista Municipal Stadium, which several minutes of Portuguese Googling eventually told me has a maximum capacity of 1,500. Based on the footage I was able to see in the photos from that game, they were about 1,400 shy of capacity there. This isn't even a knock against the Argov Cup, though, really as attendance was always less important than development of the game. But to once again borrow from Jeff Kasuf, quote, both the Algarve Cup and the Cyprus Cup fail at creating any sort of publicity or revenue for teams. They are, in fact, costly endeavors to train internationally for two weeks, and with no easily visible revenue stream, teams aren't making money back from the tournament, end quote. In contrast to that 2016 Algarve Cup, the inaugural She Believes Cup held in March, saw massive crowds cheering on the reigning world champions. A total of almost 52,000 people watched those six games, structured to be back-to-back games in the same stadium to give fans greater bang for their bucks. So in that competition, if you had France and Germany in the first game, that meant you had England and the United States in the second. If in the next match day it was England and France, then it would be Germany and the United States playing each other. Again, all in the same stadium, usually about three hours apart, so fans get one ticket They get to go to both games, although obviously the United States tends to be a slightly bigger draw. The 2019, she believes, was even stronger, with 22,125 people turning up for the USA's 2-2 draw with England. Even in the most poorly attended game of the competition, nearly 6,000 people watched England hand Brazil a 2-1 loss. More fans in the stands means more money to go around, so for national teams looking for cost-effective ways to get tournament experience, the she believes became an immediate draw. And given the likely reality that those nations competing at the event would have compensation guarantees built into their contracts, it became an immediate and potentially lucrative draw. 
And finally, in terms of why the She Believes might have appealed to these giants of football around the world, there was the structure of the tournament itself. On the surface, it has always seemed odd to me to only have four teams in a tournament. It doesn't allow for group stages that lead to knockout rounds. It doesn't allow for dramatic finals between two teams that were always destined to meet each other. But that's by design as opposed to by necessity. The All-Girl Cup divided teams into groups, meaning that it wasn't until later rounds that teams would match up against stronger opposition. So you might get some kind of easy games where you're not getting the competitive minutes you might want. It's not necessarily helping prepare you for those bigger games in the Olympics or in the Women's World Cup. You might get three matches against teams that aren't going to put up much of a fight, and then maybe a solitary game against Germany or France. In contrast, the She Believes Cup being invitational means that the United States is now going to get three important games against three talented opponents in a guaranteed format that they could control. After the success of winning the inaugural, she believes, in 2016, the U.S. had less fun the following year, finishing bottom of the table behind France, Germany, and England. They were back to their winning ways in 2018, managing two tight 1-0 wins over Germany and England, and an even more tense 1-1 draw with France. 2019 saw new entrants emerge, with England returning, but France and Germany making way for Brazil and Japan. England would go on to win that tournament, taking seven points from three games, and winning their first piece of silverware since a victory at the Cyprus Cup in 2015. The United States returned to winning ways yet again in 2020, with three wins from three games versus England, Spain, and Japan. Record crowds saw Spain record a statement win over Japan, Christian Press and Carly Lloyd handle England, and a late Julie Ertz goal proved the difference against Spain. It was also, as mentioned earlier in the episode, the last soccer tournament to be completed prior to the global shutdown due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But now we are back, of sorts. The impact of the pandemic continues to make itself known, with Japan being forced to withdraw from the 2021 tournament due to a rise in positive tests in the country, with Argentina taking their spot on short notice. With the Olympics still on the books for this summer, the United States will need to keep preparing, and the She Believes Cup remains, as ever, an important milestone in the development of a potential championship team, even if Canada, Brazil, and Argentina are more than capable of causing some problems. Fans of American superiority will also be hoping for a strong goal-scoring run from veteran Megan Rapino, who at time of recording is second all-time in She Believes scoring. Her four goals are not bad, but they're one behind England's Ellen White, who got one in 2017, two in 2018, and then one each in 2019 and 2020. Alex Morgan's three goals and Kristen Press's two goals could also be in that conversation with some particularly strong performance performances this time around. And on that note, I hope that we have helped explain what the She Believes Cup is, why it came to be, and what the situation is heading into the 2021 version of the competition. And that feels as good of a place as any to leave it for now. But before we go, I wanted to remind everyone that we have another stereo live show this week. Today, in fact, uh, 6 p.m., we will be doing a live show, myself and Joe Lowry, talking about the She Believes Cup, talking a little bit about some of the teams that are going to be there, some of the players, some of the things we're looking forward to. We're also going to be looking back at this week's Champions League action and taking your listener questions as well, asking you some as well. Once again, if you are not familiar, Stereo is a free app. It allows for live social conversations, allows us to talk directly to you, uh, and for you to listen in on our conversations as they meander around and talk about raising babies and baking bread, but also ideally some soccer as well. 
So download the Stereo app, join us live this week, and next uh, link to our show will be in the description of this episode. But for now, once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Soccer 101. We greatly appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again soon. We'll be right back.